0: We need leaders who lead us Not stick us and lead us And ransom our
1: future and our children We must take America back That's right, we have to take America back And that's why we do things like we do Why we do shows like this The National Intel Report On Republic Broadcasting Network I'm coming to you from the heart of Pennsylvania the uh, birthplace of American liberty, the state of independence. I'm Peter Seraphine. I'm your Thursday host here on the National Intel Report Live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse, heard elsewhere like Mojo Radio. And uh, I'm here to remind you that free speech is not free and that free speech platforms like this one, well, they need your support. You can support them by hitting that that donate button on their website or you can you know, support their sponsors buy from their sponsors use their promo codes those kinds of things it helps a lot helps keep well tonight well, tonight we've got we've got two guests coming into the show i've got uh, uh I forgot already. Brent, Brent Hamachek is coming on. He's from Human Events. He's going to come on about, about a half an hour from now, right around 6.30. Then at 7 o'clock, we got David Sumrall from StopHate.com, the big January 6th prisoner, political prisoner advocate. Those two guys are going to both come on and give us a little update about what's going on in their worlds, in their organizations. But I wanted to talk about something that I haven't talked about in a little while, and that. Is uh, well the Nuremberg Code. I talked about it probably two years ago, right at the beginning of the uh, the the, the COVID nineteen pandemic. I talked about the Nuremberg Code. Nice, basically said that what they were trying to do was was illegal. So I want to go through the Nuremberg Code tonight before our before we get to our first guest. So bear with me. What was the Nuremberg Code? Nuremberg Code was from the Nuremberg Trials after World War II. The Nuremberg Code that was developed was 10 rules, 10 rules for human experimentation. So these were were rules that were set forth by international judges in an international court. So after they heard all the cases and heard both sides of the pro-human experimentation and anti-human experimentation, these judges came together and their statement right before they give, the paragraph right before they give the 10 rules, is the great weight of evidence before us is to affect that certain types of medical experiments on human beings, when kept within reasonably well-defined bounds, conform to the ethics of the medical profession generally. The protagonists of the practice of human experimentation justify their views on the basis that such experiments yield results for the good of society that are unprocurable by any other method or means of study. All agree, however, that certain basic principles must be observed in order to satisfy moral ethical, and legal concepts. Okay? That all clear? I thought it was pretty clear. That's the statement of the judges at the start of the Nuremberg Code. They admit human experimentation is is very valuable, but it's kind of ugly, risky, scary, and there should be rules around it. So these judges came together and they came up with 10 rules that all medical experiments on human beings are supposed to follow. Now, if you want to call in and join the program, join this conversation, you can do that by calling 512-248-8252 or toll-free 313-9443. You can also join the conversation in the video chats if you happen to be watching in video format on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitch, DLive, Twitter, all over the place. You can put your comments right there in the chat and i can see those i got mark hi mark hi sarah hi lance three of my friends that showed up to watch the video now starting with rule number one of the nuremberg code rule number one is rather lengthy it's it's basically broken down well there's a statement and then there's two lengthy paragraphs that kind of go into that statement so the statement is the voluntary consent of the human subject is absolutely essential I want you to think about that for a second, the voluntary consent. Then under that, it says, this means that the person involved should have legal capacity to give consent, should be so situated as to be able to exercise free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of consent or coercion, and should should have sufficient knowledge and comprehension of the elements of the subject matter involved as to enable him to make an understanding and enlightened decision. This latter element requires that before the acceptance of an affirmative decision by the experimental subject, there should be made known to him the nature, duration, and purpose of the experiment, the method and means by which it is to be conducted, all conveniences and hazards reasonably to be expected. And the effects upon his health or person, which may possibly come from his participation in this experiment. Now, that's a pretty lengthy paragraph that basically says that yes, you need the voluntary consent of the subject that you're going to be experimenting on. That subject should be well informed, they need to be well informed and potential side effects they need to be well informed as to what is the experiment about what are you testing how long is the experiment going to be and all of this has to be done without fraud force deceit duress overreaching or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion okay now before i move on now, let's, let's delay that. The last paragraph in item number one this is all still rule number one of the Nuremberg Code. The, the final paragraph the duty and responsibility for ascertaining the quality of the consent rests upon each individual who initiates, directs, or engages in the experiment. It is a personal duty and responsibility which may not Be delegated to another with impunity okay so whoever's doing the experiment it is their responsibility to make sure that informed consent is achieved without coercion or duress or all the other things I already said so what does this mean well apparently in these United States it doesn't mean much of anything when it comes to an experimental vaccine for COVID-19. See, none of the COVID-19 vaccines here in the United States have ever been approved thus far. So far, every every vaccine, mRNA jab, clot shot, whatever you wanna call it, I don't care. Whatever you wanna call that thing, they are all under emergency use authorization only. Now, what does that mean? Well, emergency use authorization authorizes the emergency use of an experimental drug or treatment. So, by definition, all of those MR, mRNA products are experimental otherwise they would either be approved or not approved they're experimental because they use the emergency use authorization so if they're experimental then the nuremberg code applies right it's common sense it's logic it's what i try to do i try to bring common sense and logic to whatever subject we're discussing so, was the MR mRNA rollout jab rollout was it free of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, ulterior constraints, or co- coercion? Absolutely not. People were forced and or bribed. You know, you you remember we had. We had companies that, well, you could get a free donut at Krispy Kreme or you could get a free French fry at, I don't know, Five Guys or whatever. I don't remember what company it was. But you also had to, you have to do this or be fired. Both of those things, whether it's a, hey, get this this free donut or it's get this or lose your job, both of those things are coercion. That's a violation of rule number one of the Nuremberg Code. <clears throat> but rule number one also says, spelled out that in order to make informed consent, voluntary consent, that you, as the person being experimented upon, well, you have to be known or made known of the duration and purpose of the experiment, the methods and means in which it will be conducted, and all inconveniences and hazards reasonably to be expected. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the jab rolled out without the little insert in the packaging that lists all the reasonably to be expected side effects. So again, violation of rule number one of the Nuremberg Code. Why? How? We the people allowed this to happen. Now half of us were so afraid and so scared that they have a jab. Let's go get it. There's a a pretty small percentage of us that immediately stood up and said, "Uh, this is illegal. This is a violation of international standards. Um, No, you shouldn't do this. Nobody should do this. This is scary. This is dangerous. But those of us that did that, well, we were shunned. We were silenced. We were mocked. We were ridiculed just read rule number one and our government and the companies that produce those shots violated rule number one in multiple ways clearly violated rule number one in multiple ways but i'm getting way too serious already so let's take a quick comedy break be back in about 60 seconds. I'm Peter Seraphine with Seraphine Hancock and Associates with a request from your local bar association. If you took the COVID-19 vaccine in 2020 or 2021 and suffered serious side effects, or if your loved one got the vaccine and then died, please stop calling attorneys. Your attorney can't help. You voluntarily took a vaccine under an emergency use authorization, which by definition is an experimental vaccine with absolutely no study of long-term side effects. Your fear drove you to make that decision without research. You accepted the risk and waived your right to sue. As much as your local law office would love to take your money and go after Big Pharma, we can't help you. stop calling. You're only wasting your time and ours. Seraphine Hancock and Associates is not a real law firm, but you did take an experimental vaccine without any long-term studies. Good luck. Mojo50 jump back in comment from one of the video from face from the facebook video stream sarah nichols says please share out the video on social media tell your friends and family about republic broadcasting network it's highly important to support free speech networks and that is absolutely right thank you very much sarah and with that before we move on to to, uh rule number two we got glenn in philadelphia on line one welcome to the show glenn
2: Yes, good evening, Peter. Good evening, sir. I just take off a minute, take a minute there to turn off my Bluetooth. Um, Hi. Um, First, uh, one brief aside I wanted to mention. um, Your last name, Seraphim, apparently ends in the letter N. If it ended in the letter M, it would be like the Hebrew plural of the word seraph, which is a type of angel. You know, we've all heard of seraphim and seraphs. So uh, apparently there is something angelic about your background.
1: <laughs> just to mention well, that. Well, before you move on, my name is Peter, after St. Peter, Angelo, the Italian word for angel, Seraphine, derivative of Seraphim, as you just said. So, um, yeah. I've, always wow. thought about, so I, I've always thought about it as, as uh, you know, I'm going to hell because there's absolutely no way I can possibly live up to my name.
2: Well, that's the that's the beautiful thing about believing in Jesus. You're uh, that's that's a, an a given, an assumption that we're not good enough. So, you receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and uh, you don't have to be good enough. You have to just have to be um, have to hear and respond. Yep. So, that's anyway. just my human. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now, the other reason I called, uh, since you're starting to talk about. Uh, the, Nuremberg, uh, the Nuremberg rules and all the research stuff. I just wanted to raise the obvious gimme on this whole topic. Yeah, there's uh, a bunch of really interesting things. Yeah, well, the big, well the, the big one that popped into my mind was the um, just study of untreated syphilis in black males, right? which went from 1932, which would have been before Nuremberg, to 1972, which is well after Nuremberg. So uh, the U.S. was already... <clears throat> very much embroiled in this. Uh, people get a little confused um sometimes when they because of the name of the city Tuskegee and uh, so they've also they they will have heard of the uh, Tuskegee Airmen during uh World War II, which is um, you know, a, a black um
3: black flyers, black you know, pilots and
2: fighter pilots, yeah. So um, you know, that was uh that was depicted in the movie Red Tails, I believe, is a good one to, to look at that. So you don't want to muddy the waters about the t- t- Tuskegee Airmen versus the Tuskegee uh, uh, study of um, untreated syphilis in black males, which was highly ethical with or without Nuremberg, as far as I'm concerned. And and plus, there have been, uh, there have been numerous studies where uh, uh, the GIs uh, were enlisted. People have been used. I mean, uh, when uh, detonating the uh, atomic bombs in the desert and having them be subjected to the radiation and then checking the health effects, there's all sorts of things where the United States has failed to be to behave in a in an ethical and principled manner with such
1: things. I agree, especially when it comes to the military, because you know when you join the military, you you sign so many papers; it's disgusting, um, and, and you basically sign over all of your rights. You know, people. Right. It's funny they say, "Well, you don't give up any rights when you join the military," and that's a big pile of crap, Glenn. If you if were to, you, quit, yeah. if you were to quit right. your job right now, if you decided that I'm not going to work ever, what's the absolute worst thing that can possibly happen to you as a civilian who quits their job?
2: Well, perhaps a civil lawsuit associated with something having to do with. Yeah. you know privacy issues or yeah, maybe, company intellectual property and stuff like that
1: yeah maybe if you have a contract with them they might sue you for breach of contract yeah. yeah try that in the military you don't show up for work you end up in jail fed bread and a- water a wall yeah
2: a- without leaving
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> The yeah the um uh well also have uh, you know people don't understand how uh, very much different the uniform code of military justice. You when you when you when you enlist and you take a commission, you put yourself under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. it's um, a little and different then under the UCMJ, you're you can be guilty until proven innocent. So your your civil rights are basically abrogated so that you can go in and uh, p- protect
1: other people's rights. Yep, yep that's exactly right. Yeah. So. And you are correct. You we we as a country, we have Uh, clearly and openly violated the Nuremberg Code for quite some time. I I don't know how much you've actually researched the Tuskegee experiments of untreated syphilis, Um, but a lot of people think that the government gave these men syphilis, and that's not true, at least not to my knowledge. What I've read and what I've, in my research, was that they went out and they found these men who already had syphilis. And and they were, Mm -hmm. were, were... you know following them and tracking them and tracing them and, and seeing you know how they progressed and all this kind of stuff but you know 20 10 20 years into the study um it was discovered that penicillin cured syphilis
2: yeah why it, so right the obvious question is why would you not help to treat the people <laughs> right <laughs> exactly
1: once they discovered that experiment should have been over those men should have all been treated but it right but they didn't kill the experiment they let it go on until well and i think it was would you say
2: 1972 yes 30 32 to 72. yeah so it, and it's, it straddles it st- straddles the nuremberg era
1: right right so okay yeah so let's let's do this so we you know we started it in 32 we we uh we had the nuremberg code developed then we discovered that penicillin cured syphilis. Now that those two might be reversed, it might be one way or another. But either way, once one of those two things happened, whether the latter of the two, you know, it it should have, it, they should have well, been
2: treated. Well, for the same reason, um, they disallowed ivermectin and um, hydroxychloroquine <laughs> during the pandemic, and
1: like, who knows for all these, all these. In, in- in the Nuremberg Code, still, there, there's a point in there, which is why they they were disallowed and, and, and ridiculed uh, of anything that was considered to be a treatment for, for COVID-19. That's in here, too.
2: Right. And then when you look at the, uh, the history of these stacks, these vaccine stacks that are being imposed on children, um, you know, and, and the uh, burgeoning of autism and... Uh, That we're seeing with all the stacked vaccines is when somebody gives your kid an injection and, um, you know, hours later, he's he's autistic. Whereas previously he was meeting all developmental milestones, Something's definitely rotten in Denmark.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Got to go, Glenn. Um, Be back in about three minutes on the other side of this break. Thank you very much.
4: Did you know that essential oils have had a multitude of natural health and skin uses in history but have been somewhat forgotten by recent civilization? Susanna's Secret offers 100% pure natural oils at prices you can actually afford. Do you have a house or office with a musty smell or mold? Studies have shown that essential oils like the one in our thief and robbers blend will kill or inhibit mold, viruses, bacteria, and fungus. Just diffuse with it and you will see the long-lasting effects that even synthetic chemicals don't achieve. Purifica, another one of our products used to clean and freshen your house, or give a natural scent when drying laundry. For that special lady, we offer a ginger argan oil in a beautiful cosmetic bottle, or a pure argan oil, a natural acne fighting product. Check us out at susannasecret.com. That's S-U-S-A-N-A-S secret.com. S-U-S-A-N-A-S secret.com.
5: Or call us. 800
6: 724 2719 Extension 3. 800 724 2719 Extension 3.
7: Hi, Tom Bolton for Ease Off. I know so many of you are finding our EZ4 carcass drop and lift an essential tool for your meat processing operation, but today I want to spotlight four of our new products. First, our right height hog cradles with steel or aluminum frames. Our customers love this back saving innovation that enhances sanitation and speeds production. Next, our beef cradles with stainless steel or aluminum frames eliminate rust and corrosion. We hope you'll Compare our quality and prices for this essential part of your processing line. Our cradles are especially effective when used with our power skinner. And finally, our hook tumbler will keep your hooks clean and polished. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows too. EaseOff, LLC 417 932
5: 6419.
1: You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show. That's right. This is the National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm Peter Seraphine, your host. And as promised, our first guest of the evening, Mr. Brent Hamachek of uh, Human Events. How are you doing this
8: evening, sir? Couldn't be any better. I'm, uh, I'm here, so I'm in a great place, right?
1: I win. <laughs> well, it's a great place to start. Um, i uh I, I was at your website well this morning checking it out looking at what was going on and you've got the i'll never forget what they did to us in the town where i grew up by jack pros uh, i can never say his name prosovic <laughs> i always try right. to sit too fast but you're it but jack Persobic, that's like the big article at the top on uh, the top of the homepage. so um what's that about uh well uh
8: jack covers uh jack covers a lot of ground folks will have to read it to get a sense but he is he's our star um he's our star performer uh, big following and you know he hosts uh human events daily on the turning point network and we work very closely with turning point charlie kirk we're proud of that uh at at human events media group people a lot of people still don't realize we don't just own human events we also own the Post Millennial, so um, and Jack's been working closely with the Post Millennial on breaking news stories for years, going back to even when he was with OAN. So um, you know, look, we're we're two different platforms with two different flavors, and uh, we like to think at Human Events that we're a little bit more, uh, we're more you know in tune to doing some serious commentary on news and then opinion pieces post-millennial known for breaking news, and they have been at the cold face of the culture war for the last six years. And so uh, two really different types of, of platforms. I should add that Celine Ciccio, uh runs the human events platform for us now and just does a wonderful job. She came to us from Campus Reform, and uh, she's she's been doing great things ever since she came to us
1: in May. Cool. It's always nice to get a fresh set of eyes in there to shake things up just a little bit.
8: Yes, it is. and and youthful because as you can tell from my my old tired eyes that uh, <laughs> that youth is no, not a virtue I any longer possess. But um, it look, it's it's fun to be involved with the group. Um, my contribution is occasional to the human events platform. I will occasionally write uh, a thought what I like to think is a thoughtful essay. Um, and have contributed a number of those over time to the platform, and would certainly love it if your audience, you know, if you go to the Human Events platform and you click on my picture, you don't have to look at me anymore, and I look better when you're reading what I write, and uh,
1: have written some serious pieces over time. Well, what's going on with uh, with Human Events like right now? You guys were really big into the um, the rallies that were running around the country there for a while, weren't weren't you? highly involved in those or was it just you following them?
8: So uh when you say the, the rallies there's been a number of them if you slightly more specific with me I can I can help.
1: Um, Honestly there's been so many I forget I forget the names of them all. Um well,
8: we've but- uh we try to cover things that are going on with you know what I like to call uh the manufacturing floor of this thing that, that we call a movement. My background, just for your audience, is that I've had my own consulting practice for 23 years and uh, business consulting. And I've been working with privately owned companies, really playing David against Goliath for those 23 years. And um, what I've learned over time is that in business, there's often a disconnect between the C-suite, you know, the executives who get all the money and make all the decisions, and then the people who are actually down on the floor pumping out product. And the political translation to that is that in, in this thing that we call a movement that is sometimes a bit more like a drunkard's walk, there are folks that are down on that manufacturing floor doing the blocking and tackling that needs to happen to push things forward. I've written quite a bit about, for example, the election integrity efforts that have gone on in the state of New Hampshire that date back to right after the 2020 election, and they continue right through uh, yesterday uh, or two days ago when uh, legislation was introduced in the state, multiple pieces to address election integrity. Those folks that have been doing the work, the blocking and tackling work on the manufacturing floor in that state, um, have faced setback after setback after setback and a lot of times they can't get help from just lawyers to file motions. They can't get coverage from the media. They can't get people to really look at them. You know, and I'm not I'm not going to say Tucker Carlson's name because of Tucker. It's just a name people know. So someone of that stature, right, who's got that, that C-suite position within the movement, those kinds of people need to get more in touch with the people on the manufacturing floor, the people doing the real work to do what people in C-suites do. They say, what do you need? Why do we have so much scrap? Why isn't product getting out on time? Why are the shipments late? Why is the quality down? And then tell them what they need. And those kinds of folks need to be helping those people. So we try to cover and I try to write about uh, things that are inside of the movement that are on that manufacturing floor to bring them to the attention of the C-suite so they can get some help.
1: Yeah even not even as high up on as the you know the chief executives there but if you look at anything from an office once once you leave the production floor once you're no longer hands-on in whatever the job is and you become mid to upper level management and you're not there every day in the middle of it there are so many things that that don't make sense on paper you're looking at an office and you're like well, that seems stupid. Let's get rid of that. But when you, if you were to actually be on the ground floor and you saw how things were happening and, and, you know, at the manufacturing level that, that stroke of a pen that you just did just made, you know, 20 people's life infinitely harder. You know, I, I, my full-time job as a mailman and I constantly have people in, in our like regional office in Pittsburgh that decide hey we don't want to deliver to this street anymore you know these people should never have gotten street delivery they should have always had a p.o box because they live in this little, to be tiny town so we're gonna cut them off right but they didn't talk to me first the guy who actually delivers the mail the post office right. won't cut off service to somebody who's getting service so the whole idea is when when this person moves out the next person is is cut off what they didn't realize is on that that street is three properties that are owned by an old folks home that are residential apartment buildings basically that are never going to be empty so we're never going to be able to cut off that street so somebody sitting in an office somewhere stroke of a pen just made everybody else that lives on that street angry because now they can't get mail (laughs)
8: right right well and. and and, and this, is, this is a real problem. And again, it translates perfectly into uh, the political movement. One of the, one of the big problems we have on the team right side of things in America is that there is a disproportionate amount of emphasis and focus that's placed on elections. So everybody wants their candidate to get elected. And people with a lot of money. I had a conversation, by the way, just yesterday uh, with a group with a ton of money and talking about some different sort of manufacturing floor initiatives. And, and they said, look, we're we're really just interested in spending money to try to impact the outcome of elections. This is the problem that we have on our side, and it's an enormous problem. We're wasting money and we're overvaluing elections. Yeah, o- Elections matter, but... You know, just think about it. You know, back in early 2017, so six short years ago, at this time, we had a brand new Republican president, House and Senate, and look where we are today. So you say, well, we look at that. We had a clean sweep. We took all three, all three houses, all three uh, sections. What good did it do us? It did us very little. And to the extent that they did anything legislatively, it's all been undone so i mean the first step act remains and a really really bad tax reform act remains that's it and and there's nothing left of that election victory in the meantime the other folks well look what they've done they control virtually every large municipal government in this in the country they control the federal bureaucracy they control the entertainment industry they control uh, the uh, mainstream media, they control the educational industry, K through college, and they control most large corporate C-suites and boardrooms. So do you think they're obsessed about elections? Well, they pay attention to them, but they see them as a part of a whole. And we tend to see them as the whole of the moon. And that that's a real problem. It's a problem with how we spend money and it's a problem with how we focus it is
1: I, the other side so to speak figured out a long time ago how valuable the local stuff is and our side for some reason has ignored it for decades and you know it, all politics is local it it believe it or not it flows from the bottom up not only is the guy that you elect to city council you know more likely to go on to county and state level positions but also it's the local government that can step that can stand up and say no when the state and federal governments decide that they want to overreach so yeah the the other side figured that out a long time ago and took over pretty much all the local stuff you mentioned the the largest municipalities and our side just let them we didn't even try really
8: right well so part of it part of it might be a little bit of a unintended consequence of cable news and part of it might be a reflection a little bit of the fundamental difference between us so the cable news piece you know it gives it used to be in the old days you know when the old days by the way which we also call my youth <laughs> if you wanted the news you sat down at 5:30 central or 6:30 eastern and whatever it was and you watched walter cronkite and that was 30 minutes and then you were done You either got a morning newspaper or an afternoon paper, or if you were affluent, you got both. That was your news. And a lot of that was local news, right, that you would get in the newspapers. Today, you have access to national news 24-7 from all sorts of outlets and on your handheld device all day long. So what does that do to people? Well, I think it makes local stuff
6: boring,
8: right? right? It's You just want to skip to the end and the end is what's going on nationally. What's the big story, right? It's not what's going on with the local drainage commission. So I think the cable news has unfortunately, to some extent, uh, de-glamorized and and made it kind of boring and non-sexy to be involved in local politics. And the other part is this. You say, well, why wouldn't that happen to the other side too, just like us? And I think that goes back to the nature of our difference. So we tend to be individualists by nature, right? We're we're not really prone to want to take action. It's not what we do. We don't wanna go out and pass laws and use government to do things. So we're inherently unmotivated about weaponizing the state. The other side is very motivated fundamentally by taking collective action. They wanna use government as a weapon. So they'll pick up a weapon wherever they find it. It doesn't matter if it's at the federal level or the state level or in you know in the local town hall. So uh perhaps an unintended consequence of uh cable news, perhaps a fundamental reflection on the of the difference between us and our nature.
1: I think that's a, a great example of of one of the fundamental differences of the sides. I often use the the you know free health care idea as an as the example to illustrate it, you know, I have nothing against free health care. I have what my entire problem is with government health care. You want free health care? Fund organizations like the Shriners and St. Jude's and set up charity hospitals. The minute you get the government involved, you're giving them more control over your life. And we've all seen that, you know, especially at the federal level, government doesn't do anything effectively or efficiently.
8: Right. Well, you know, healthcare is such a great example and when you hear when you hear people say that, you know, well look, the British system works well or the Canadian system works well, one of the things people lose track of is that the British system and the Canadian system have been around now for a very long time. So when something's been around for a long time and now, you know, a couple or more generations have been living with it, their definition of what works well becomes focused on what it is they're inside of, right? So it works okay because it works the way it's supposed to because it's what they become used to and what they were told to expect. To them, that works well. Uh, but there's a reason why world leaders all over Europe, when they get sick, they leave their country and they come here to get treated Mm -hmm. because we're not fully socialized just yet. We're on our way of course, in medicine, but we're not all the way there. And, and to the extent we're there now, we weren't there say 10, 15 years ago. Uh, so it's kind of like, yeah, every, everything's fine because this is all I've ever seen. And, uh, so we have to be, we have to be aware sometimes when they're praising their system that it's because they might just not know any better.
1: Yeah, Mo, they clearly, if they think it's a great system, they don't know any better because their government is openly trying to get them to commit suicide and helping them through the process. The, what are they they called? The made the assisted deaths. I'm like, it's crazy that a government would, would ever encourage their citizens to die. We got a right. call wow. Sarah in Oregon. Welcome to the show.
9: Hi. Hi. Here, here's the thing about the discussion, about tonight's discussion. It's not just to vaccines. It's everything. Everything. From from telling from telling us to you to get used to people saying she, her, him, he, him, they, them. If they if they don't. If they don't, you get fired, ostracized. Heck, even a legal injunction gets filed against you for not accepting it. It's just insane.
1: It's all about control, right? Well, yep. the... bye, bye, Sarah. Uh, Thanks
8: for calling. Bye, Sarah. Uh, you know, look, uh, we we saw during the pandemic not just how quickly we surrendered our liberty to government and bureaucrats and supposed experts. We saw that, but we saw something else that was even worse. We saw how quickly we were willing to turn on one another. Right, so uh, this be, this went from uh, the United States to East Germany virtually overnight. And our FBI has turned into the Stasi, Uh, We have neighbors phoning in neighbors in the community where I live in the Chicago suburbs. At one point in the pandemic, a local officer said that 90% of the phone calls that were coming into the local police department were neighbor turning in neighbor. And so we really have to take a look here at our nature and what it is not just that's being done to us. We have to take a look at what we were very quickly willing to do with each other. And uh, this, this gift, this thing we were given when our nation was created and the constitution written, uh, we're chipping away at that, well, we're beyond chipping away at this point, right? And right. Uh, so our, our nature's escaping and we're finding ways to collectively take action uh, against citizens. More importantly, we're starting to learn just how willing citizens are to take action against citizens. And uh, so we should be afraid. I I was actually a little
1: proud of, of the city of New York when, uh, I can't wait to hear this. Yeah. This doesn't happen often. No, Um, I think it was de Blasio had set up the, uh, a a text line where you could text in your, your COVID violation complaints and observations. Like, you know, Billy Bob's not wearing a mask and he's standing too close to me and all this. So they set up a text line. And the text line was was inundated with pictures of middle fingers and dick pics and just inappropriate messages and just uh-huh. like yeah. it's the only time I can remember saying out loud that I'm proud of New York City.
8: <laughs> right.
1: Well, certainly the people
8: that were willing to do that, uh, I'd agree with you. I'd be be proud of them as well. But you know, so again, where where I live in the Chicago suburbs during the pandemic, we had mayors going on to social media, encouraging citizens. Uh, to turn in their neighbor. And we had Facebook groups that formed where people were being encouraged, you know, if your next door neighbor is having a gathering in their backyard, take a picture and post it here. Mm
9: -hmm. So this is,
8: so this is what we were seeing. And, and we think that because the pandemic has gone away, we think, well, maybe that behavior will go away, but does behavior go away? Behavior might go away, but and that might just might be because the opportunity doesn't exist to present it. I don't think that people changed back overnight. In fact, I think that during the pandemic we just simply saw what people are. It gave them a chance to show it. And um, you know this is this is one of the reasons why you know the 2022 election wasn't any big surprise, at least not to me and why I wrote about it that way. Uh, because there wasn't, everybody was thinking, well, look at what's happened in the last couple of years. Certainly people are going to rebel against this. And my thought was, why would they? It's been well over 100 years in the making. This is next just part of a progression. So why would people suddenly abandon it? Uh, So collectivism is here to stay. The battle's going to be long. uh,
1: And none of this is going to turn around anytime soon. That's exactly what our problem is. It's individualism which, you know, the foundation of our country, the first first and only nation ever founded on the concept of individualism mm-hmm. versus collectivism, which is basically right. everybody else in the world. That's exactly right. Uh,
8: those are the terms I use. So I have to say it's exactly right, or I'd be disagreeing with myself. That
1: That's not good. I'd be in inner conflict and turmoil. All right, Brent, before we go, I want to make sure you have a chance to plug all your stuff. So we got humanevents.com and...
8: All right, yeah, there's there's a bunch of ends. Uh So first of all, I'd like to uh, plug, uh, if you will, uh, the book that I co-wrote with the late Dr. Vladimir Zelenko that is out. It's called Zelenko, How to Decapitate the Serpent. Zev loves snakes and serpents. And that book uh, can be found at zelenkobook.com. And if you purchase a copy, uh, you will be benefiting then the next thing I'll plug which is the Zelenko Freedom Foundation because I have assigned the copyright to the book and all my royalties in the book to the foundation. So every dime goes to Zev's foundation to carry on his work, his message, and and preserve his legacy. So zelenkobook.com, it's also available at Amazon. Uh, Amazon didn't take it down. I get asked all the time. Uh, They've been very, very good to us, and so we appreciate that. Um, and then the Zelenko foundation, uh, where I happen to be a board member, uh, is, uh, doing great work. Uh, Kevin Phil- Phillips and Ann Vandersteel are the co-chair people of the foundation, just, uh, two real absolute warriors in the medical freedom movement. And so support the foundation by the book. And then the last thing I'll plug is, um, a program that, uh, put together with my dear friend and partner, Felicia Blajek, called Common Ground Campus. You can see it in the banner behind me. And uh, Common Ground Campus is uh, something we've done now at several schools. We've got a bunch coming up in the spring. What we do is we go onto a college or high school campus and we have the students tell us what issues are divisive on their campus. We get a couple of kids from each side of that issue and we sit down and we do not debate the issue. We have kids articulate what they think the problems are, have the other side ask them questions. We go back and forth and we find a way to find common ground on those issues that students on both sides, uh, upon which they can both both agree. And then we have a pizza party afterwards. So um, these are that the kinds sounds of things. Awesome. It is awesome. And uh, your, your uh, audience, if they went to commongroundcampus.com and took a look at what we were doing, you know. I'd really appreciate that. And it's a funded initiative and we're always looking for additional funding. So you can help us either by finding a school or or finding your wallet or somebody else's wallet, that's even better. But uh, look, uh, if we're gonna fight for the country, we have to know who we're fighting against or pushing against. And we also have to know who we have to attract or who we have to pull in. So there's a push and a pull to this. Most people focus on one or the other, and my great mission in my later golden years here is to try to focus on both. So I'm involved in the push; and that's why I wrote Zev's book with him, and I'm involved in the pull, and that's what Common Ground Campus is all about. Uh, so also like to mention, I do a, a weekly show with my dear friend Tamara Lee called Trend On, and and that we do that on Rumble, and it's a lot of fun and. Everybody loves Tamara, so she gets great guests, and you can follow us there. So there's the there
1: are all the places you can find me if anybody's desperate enough to look. Well, thank you very much. You can also find you back here once a month. Appreciate that yes. your commitment to do that. And uh, when you come to Penn State for Common Ground Campus, I only live like eight miles away. I, I'd love to to be involved when you get to Penn State to do that.
8: Well, here's your, your mission between this month and next one. I see, again, see if you can help us open a door at Penn State,
1: and we'll give you a uh, front row seat. I don't know about one month. It might take me a little <laughs> that's a big organization. Um, you, can, you, can you can take also, your time. You can also help the Zelenko Freedom Foundation by going to ZStackLife.com, and remember to use the code LIGHTHOUSE, and that helps me out as well as helping out the Zelenko Freedom Foundation. ZStackLife.com, code LIGHTHOUSE. Um, I used Zelenko's protocol uh, when uh, when I had COVID. I I went up on his website and pulled it up. And then when my 84-year-old grandmother got sick with COVID, I I took it to her. Um,
8: Nobel Prize, let me, prize for it, yeah. Let, let me share a, a, a live, in-the-moment story with you about the Zelenko protocol. Here's what people don't talk about enough, but I'm going to talk about it right now. So your audience probably can't tell that i have a very very slight cold it's day two of a cold that's when they start to get worse i actually felt worse last night than i do today because yesterday when i started to get that cold i tripled in three times in a day instead of twice my intake of kirsutin zinc and vitamin c and so instead of my cold getting worse from the start it got better and now it's essentially gone This is, wait for it, the sixth time I've started to get a cold. In the last two years, all six of them died in the crib. So I take the Zelenko protocol of Kirsten and zinc and vitamin C every single day. And when I start to get a virus, because you do, I increase that dosage. And what happens? Here I am. I haven't sneezed once during your show, and I think I'm probably pretty clear sounding. And uh, I owe that to my late friend. Uh, The protocol kills the coronavirus in the cell while it's developing and multiplying. That's why it's effective. And so, um, you know, this disease was always treatable. We make a great case for it in the book. Uh, Urge your audience to buy the book. I'm told it's a very good read. I'm not allowed to say that because I wrote it. Uh, but the comments have been very kind and flattering. So uh, buy the book, buy one for a friend, and, and buy one for your local
1: library and donate it. Well, Dr. Zelenko, I, I was in the process of working on having him come on the show as a guest right when he he turned ill. So I, I didn't have that privilege. But I've seen him do a lot of interviews, and he was a very interesting and energetic man and uh, surely going to be missed. But... Yes, he Thank will. you very much, Brent. The time is up. We've got to go to our commercial break. So check out Brent Hamachek's stuff and check him out next month when he comes back here. After this break, when we come back, we got Dave Summerall. So uh, three minutes. See you then.
9: White and
10: blue. We must take the merit of that.
9: We must
7: take back. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, my husband started taking Extendivite and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your ExtendoVite today, go to ExtendoVite.com, that's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com, or call us at one 928
0: 8822 Extend your life with ExtendoVite. Hello, I'm Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because I warned the bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, zinc, chlorophyll, oxygen, and oxysilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function viral weapon. Oxysilver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful, loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile oxysilver through HealthyWorldStore.com
6: in times like these you can't depend on the government to keep you warm and fed but you can depend on the vermont bun baker to do just that with the vermont bun baker you'll never be in a situation where you can't cook bake fry boil water or heat your home all at the same time one of the most revolutionary cook stoves wood stoves ever The Vermont Bun Baker is available with or without soapstone veneer, a natural stone that retains heat and radiates it back into the room once the fire is out. A beautiful addition to your home, the Vermont Bun Baker has an efficiency rating well above 75% and qualifies for the Wood Stove tax credit. For more information, watch the Vermont Bun Baker on YouTube and live stream or visit us at www.vermontwoodstove.com. You can also reach us by calling 1 866 SOAPSTONE. Don't ever be hungry or cold because the power's gone out. With a Vermont Bun Baker, all you have to worry about is what's for dinner. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.
1: We must see, you no, know, I never get the timing of that, right? I obviously did not take like you know music lessons or anything like that, but it's the top of the second hour here at the National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio, and Patriot Nation Radio Network. Please remember that free speech is not free. Support these free speech networks, or you won't hear them anymore. You know what? I'm just gonna say it. Free speech networks are falling left and right. They're dying off. They're running out of money. They're running out of support. They're just keeling over dead, and it's voices that you're not going to hear anymore. So if you like the one that you're listening to now, go to their website, hit the donate button, call them and donate something, buy their merchandise, use their sponsors, help them out. And as promised, now we have uh, returning to the show for the second time, Mr. Dave Summerall from StopPate.com. Hopefully, he has some fabulous updates, some some happy, happy updates about our J6 prisoner, political prisoner friends.
3: Man, I tell you, it's good to see you again, and I hope to do this again. I, I'm sorry I don't have more good tidings of great joy, but you know we're having a couple of issues with this new uh, house, or whatever you want to call it. And they're not being very friendly to Jay Sixers right now. There's a lot of cont- controversy in our community that uh, I think people need to be aware about as well, because we don't feel like we're being represented at all. Uh, Speaker McCarthy said today that he felt like the officer that shot uh, Ashley Babbitt was doing his job and that does not bode well for the morale of us who know better that know the real situation behind Ashley Babbitt and her actions and then we have the president which gave us some good news this week uh they did kind of announce through another article that roseanne boyland was not a drug overdose death they he actually uh, retweeted one i believe from the gateway pundit that uh showed roseanne Boyland another video of her getting cpr we we had put another angle of that out a couple of three or four months ago in a Heroes of January 6th video we did, and it seems like the president finally got wind that he was making a statement that wasn't true when he said Ashley was the only one that was killed on January 6th. Uh, oh, if you remember, the, the media had said you know Roseanne was a drug overdose and Kevin and Greason were natural causes, but we know that's not the case
1: either. Roseanne Boylan is a name that needs to be shouted from the rooftops and it needs to be talked about on every free speech platform out there. And I mean, put it in letters to the editor, it needs to get out there, especially since those, those new released videos that show you know the, the cops dragging her down the hallway like she's a hunk of meat. Yeah, and oh god, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, she was clearly beaten to death by a cop. Well and see that's another
3: thing that they're they're these controversial issues, you know. You you say one thing, they do another, they say one thing, you have to kinda, you know, try to regroup. So one of the things is there, the time of death, nobody was taking her pulse at that exact moment and it could have been the spray that, that she was, you know, choking to death that moment. It could have been the stick that Lila Morris was swinging. That took the very last bit of life out of her body. That's up for the real investigators, the real coroners, the real, you know, the same coroner that weighed in on all the January six deaths is the same guy that weighed in on the George Floyd case. After the George Floyd coroner from his state said that it was a drug overdose and the cop didn't do it, this other coroner from D.C. weighed in and had that changed. He has enough power to say you were wrong. It was death by cop. It wasn't drugs. The same coroner that ruled that Roseanne was a, a drug overdose when that video looks nothing like a drug overdose.
1: I've never seen a baton used in a drug overdose.
3: No, no. So, so the way I'm trying to approach this with people and give them calls to action is to say, contact your people and ask them, have you seen the video of Roseanne Boylan? Can you agree that that's not a drug overdose? Will you file it as a murder? Will you report it? Or do you want to be held responsible for knowing about a felony and not reporting it to the authorities? Because when we report it to them, it's their duty to report it to someone else. If they don't, we have them in jail for three years. That's just the way it is. 18 U.S. Code, subsection four. And I'm ready to play that with the people on our side, their side, any side, because any of those sides is not the people's side,
1: which are really the ones that are after the truth. That's yes. well, Roseanne Boylan, unlike George Floyd, was beaten to death by police. And that's that strange? Clearly on video. Mm-hmm. It really can't be doubted, argued, questioned, or debated. It's, it's blatant. Um, and and like I said at the beginning, that's that's a name that we need to scream from the rooftops because I don't think anybody knows who Roseanne Boyland is, and we need to scream that name just to get people to say, "What are you talking about?" That's right. That's right. Just put
3: to d- put some doubt on it, and just say to our representatives, "Look, if there's a shadow of a doubt that she didn't die of a drug overdose, look, that looks like it. it it's manslaughter to me, and one." form or another, whether they meant to kill her or not, someone actually killed her, and it's not a drug overdose. And, and if they looked at the footage of Kevin Greason, same thing, but they won't. And that's the thing, when the people are saying, if there's a doubt, you have to dig deeper, you have to go further into it. And and if McCarthy hasn't seen the homework that we've done around the Ashley Babbitt scene, he shouldn't make uneducated statements either, because it hurts the people, it hurts Ashley's family, it hurts everyone that's involved in January 6th because it gives more credit to the other side that we might've done something wrong and these police were justified in what's been deemed objectively reasonable violence. And I'm telling you as an investigator who can see this footage from the government, right? when you see all these different body cams from the police of the Roseanne Boylan death, and you hear her scream and you watch her kick her feet and you hear the men all around begging the police to stop you're killing her please stop f and stop please stop luke coffee with a crutch jake lang jumping in all these guys that are in jail or facing jail because they witnessed this brutal attack by the police on peaceful protesters that's the whole thing that's the cover up that's the collusion and and listen jake lang's case has been put off till 2024 probably because he has so much to do with Roseanne's death there, the whole scene, and tried to save her life. So they don't want that in court until they have plenty of convictions for trespass, for waving a flag. And they say, well, but, you know, we might have made a little mistake on this death, but we've already got 500 people that say they were bad guys. And that's the pressure. That's the George Floyd knee-on-the-neck pressure that the J6ers are suffering through.
1: The entire J6 thing is just disgusting. It's un-American. All of these people should have had their day in court a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just completely un-American. And there's a lot of people out there that don't even realize that there are this many people still in prison who still haven't seen a day in court. It's pathetic. Well, I wanted. to... That's, that's it. Go ahead. I'm, I am anxiously awaiting the arrival of my copy of the American Gulag Chronicles. I ordered it after your... Uh, your appearance on the show last time yes and uh it's not here yet but i'm anxiously waiting for it you know and
3: i apologize to you from the bottom of my heart man, we, worry, jumped, man. we jumped into this whole thing as uh someone who is eagerly searching for a publisher someone to help us get this book out and i'm telling you it's the saddest thing nobody really wanted to help with that <laughs> endeavor as would anyone you know you would think all these patriots would step up you know and want to you know, really help us with that, but they didn't, so we tried, of course, the self publish and the self ship, and that's been a nightmare. So we immediately switched over to a company, everyone should be getting their copies really soon. I hope you got an email uh explaining some of that stuff. We tried to send a an ebook out so people could at least get a good preview
1: of that, but you know, I didn't it's, that. what's that? I, if I did, I didn't notice the ebook version. I'd love, yeah. But yeah, American Gulag Chronicles. Why? Since I, I brought it up, so that you could tell the listeners what it is again. Yeah, because uh, it sounds like something completely awesome. And while you tell them, I'm gonna look and see if I got that email.
3: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, American Gulag Chronicles. Literally, uh, the subtitle is "Letters from Prison," and these are the letters from the J6 people who are still being held before their trials. Okay, so when I say that, it's due process has not been served. They haven't been convicted. Of anything. They're still waiting for their trial to be convicted. And they've been sitting languishing in the DC Gulag. There's several other prisons around the country that they've been held at. There's almost a hundred people that are still being held. Over 900 have been charged. Probably over 300 have taken pleas to try to get out from under this governmental attack on, on the people. And and the stories, you know, we're seeing the judges, the attorneys, uh, there's very few good attorneys. The public defenders seem to be absolutely working with the government, with the judges to to seek their pound of flesh. But these stories from prison give a different version than the media is gonna tell you, than the judges or the attorneys. They're just not letting their information get out. And this this book does that from their own hand and with their own, you know, pictures from jail. It's an amazing book. Uh, it's an amazing a collection of pain and, and torture in so many ways to hear what they experienced, you know, what their intent was that day. Did you go to overthrow the government? And what did you see? What what happened around you? What was it like to have your, your home raided by the FBI throw flashbangs around your house for your neighbors to experience the shock and all? These are the things in the letters. And, you know, the, the call my my family for me, because I can't. You know, when when these guys sit in jail the first two years, zero visitation, no family touch, no video conferencing with them, none none of that. Solitary confinement, for the most part, the food issues, the the cold and the hot, you know, the things that they turn the lights on in the middle, the torturous things, all in this book. And, And the beautiful thing about it, it not only gets your stories out, but it is the fundraiser of choice right now, in my opinion, because 100% of the funds go to help these prisoners and their families, it's all volunteer board. And we're just trying to do that two-part man, get their story out and help them raise funds, help them stay alive and and get them through
1: this. Some of the the parts of that, that you just kind of glossed over. Okay, so you said about solitary confinement, they're still under like COVID restrictions. Yeah. If you,
3: if you see your lawyer, you know, if you want to have a meeting with your counsel, then afterwards they say, okay, since you're not vaccinated, you have to go back in the hole for another two weeks, 14 days, get you in quarantine, all under the guise of some big COVID mysterious thing. But these guys don't want to get the vaccine, right? So here's what happens. For the first year, they weren't allowed to cut their hair, shave, trim their fingernails or toenails they didn't have access to that. They they've had no access to religious services. Now, one of the congressmen the other day, Troy Nels went to the jail, he got the big tour. He had the mayor show up in the the warden from the prison and they rolled out the red carpet for him. And he said, the place mm-hmm. smelled totally like bleach. It was burning his eyes. What does that tell you? They just cleaned it up, but he did uh, talk to them about visitation. He got a visitation at least for a week. Um, and, and then, of course, they got eggs one morning. They'd never had that for two years for breakfast. It, it's just horrendous. And, you know, I do tend to gloss over some of the things that I've said for two years over and over and over. And it's like, oh, right, right, right. we'll hit the highlights and hope that people want to learn more. But it's been hard for these guys. They feel like what? they're getting on bats, you know. just one, for- of
1: the things, one of the things I heard was, uh, you know, there, there are calorie requirements for their yeah. meals like they have to have x number of calories so i've I heard that they're given like giant pieces of cake with every meal just to to get to the calorie line
3: well that's the thing most of the food's really not that edible i mean and, and look prison is prison you're, you're not going to get steak and caviar for dinner i get that but when you get mystery foods or foods that are heavily uh, smelling of either urine or chemicals or feces. I mean, they've found pubic hair in their food. They've, they've seen it all. They've done it. They've got mold on their apples. We've got pictures that they were able to smuggle out of some of the food and it's horrendous, you know, but, but on top of that, I understand, you know, prison may have to have some bad food, but what they're doing is trying to survive more off the commissary, which, you know, is another just scam of the system, man. They make so much money, off of these people by charging these really high rates for honey buns and ramen noodles and the things that these guys trust to put in their body, you know, because and they know that it's not been peed in or spit in or worse. And and, and that's the thing. So we've been trying to, you know, direct traffic, I guess, in, in lack of a better way to help support these guys with the commissary funds as well. That's,
1: that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. at least, you know ramen noodles and 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 honey buns they're clearly not the healthiest food no. choices but but yeah they, they know they're still sealed and safe
3: well and that's the thing i mean these guys so so they're gaining weight you you would expect prisoners to lose weight but it's the sodium and it's the sugar and it's surviving on those things that aren't good for you but it's not the proteins you know it's hard to get protein they want to soften these guys up and and you know take that out of their diet pretty much and everything's been supplemented with some soy something and and that's that's not good for health especially these guys that have medical issues that are in there that aren't getting medical treatment they're not getting to see a doctor they've got broken fingers they've got you know hurt shoulders one guy lost a vision in his eye from a police beating a guard you know they they attacked him had him cuffed and these are the stories, man. And it's like really sad that people don't understand the gravity of the situation because these aren't bad people. You know, now if they were all the worst of MAGA and they were all in there and we're like, well, these are the bad guys and they're kind of getting, you know, they used to beat a lot of, these aren't those people. These people have no criminal rest history, no record of doing anything bad. A lot of these people have never had a speeding ticket. Look, I can't even say that. Right. But they're sitting here in prison for us and, and then we tell people, look, they're coming for you next. And they say, well, we, we're not insurrection; We didn't do that. We're not violent. We didn't hurt a cop. Well, We didn't either. Y'all have been lied to. Yep. But the deal is, then they go to their school board meeting and they say, we don't like CRT. And then the FBI is banging on their door. Hey, you're the same boat we're in, just in a different part of it. But we're all in the same
1: boat. And people need to wake up to that. Yeah. And some of those, I mean, some of those people you said, you know, we didn't hurt cops. Well, some of those people are in jail because they tried to help the cops, which is absolutely crazy yeah I'm we I'll got put sherry it. in kansas on line one welcome to the show sherry
9: hey has um amnesty international expressed any interest in getting in
3: no no not a bit not one yeah
9: bit. i guess i don't have to ask about the aclu
3: <laughs> no no the aclu anti-defamation league You know, uh, none of these people want to get involved. We've even got some people that are Jewish, you know, we can't get any help for anybody of any race or creed or religion or background or anything if they went to D.C. on January 6th. So, yeah, that's a good question. I wish that we could get some attention from some of those
1: folks. Yeah. I
9: mean.
1: Use your strings here, You Reach out to those people and get them involved for us.
9: they go all around around the world you know? that's,
3: right. that's right we'll get some people together make some phone calls for us and call them up but
9: I've got another question how did the D.C. police the feds how, how did they get the well it, the ability to come in uh, after people had left Washington D.C. I mean, to me, they have no jurisdiction to go and arrest those people.
3: Well, you know what? You're smarter than a lot of attorneys are because they don't understand that the FBI does not have the ability to do what they've been doing. They've been literally kidnapping people from their states, you know. A lot of that, Sherry, we look for the local sheriffs, the constitutionally elected local sheriffs to really step in and protect their people. And they're not doing it either. So some of these phone calls to these organizations and these sheriff's departments and say, you know, what are you going to do if they come for us? They've already taken the J6ers. If I speak out against my government, will you defend me against the FBI if they come to arrest me? Because I'm innocent, too. And, and And that's a great question.
1: It well, really is a great question, and I've said for you know, ever since i gotten involved in politics at all, I I pretty quickly realized and came to the conclusion that your local county sheriff is probably the most important elected position in the entire government of our country. That's right, and and there's so many reasons because if if Joe Biden gets to sign a bill ban or even executive order and tries to ban the AR-15 or you know assault weapons. They don't have the manpower to, at the federal level to go house to house and collect them. They're going to want your County Sheriff to do it. So you that's need to have a County Sheriff that's going to say, F you, I'm not doing that. That's right. You better make
3: sure because they're doing this differently than they used to. And this elected, elected Sheriff is what's important and uh, constitutional. So yeah, we're, we're trying to explore with a uh, couple of the big name sheriffs to see what the holdup is because, you know, honestly a lot of people fell for the whole line in the beginning and didn't know that they should be defending us and they're still catching up to that whole game. So we're still on that path, hopefully soon.
9: Well, it's definitely the the first thing when somebody's running for sheriff or trying to get reelected as sheriff, you know, you should confront them. And say, are you going to let the feds come in for anything, mm-hmm. any federal agency? And right. you know, if they don't really blast it out there, that this guy is not going to protect our money.
3: That's right. Hey, yeah. Sherry, I got, I got, I got a real quick question for you, or, 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 a good thing for you to ask them, I guess. A good question for you to ask um, when people are running for office like that ask them how many kids were abducted out of their county last year? How many children? Because if they don't keep up with the children's numbers, they're definitely not going to keep up with anything else. And that should be one of the priorities. It's a good way to keep the heat on them and make them know what we're concerned about. And that's the safety of our children, the future, and with so many things going on in that realm. That's also a good question for you. Hey, it's been great to talk to you, Sherry. Uh, I've got
9: one more thing. Did you know that they there are no... Um, As long as people are, um, you know, a registered vote as a United States citizen, there is no um, locally elected people. Um, And it was, you know, it's a a deal in a American Law Review, it's the 185 volume. And the the article is Fed, one fifty five in the A. L. R. one eighty five volume. The other designation to get to the article is Fed, one fifty five.
1: All right, I'm going to look that up because I don't know what you're talking about, but I will look it up. Thank you very much, Sherry. Got to move on. One of the questions I always ask any Buddy, who's asking me for my vote is what's the purpose of government and i if they don't answer with the quote quote from the declaration of independence thomas jefferson saying you know listing our new enum- our, uh, our uh, unalienable rights and saying that the purpose of government you know to protect these rights uh governments are instituted among men if they don't quote the declaration of independence when i ask them why we have government at all then i, I I'm, they're not my guy That's right. That's a great point, man. If they don't quote it, they don't know it. They need to know it. They don't know it. Represent us. Hey, moving on. We got Mike in Kentucky on line three. Mike, welcome to the show.
11: Yeah, after I started reading my own Bible, I thought, man, it is kind of arrogant for these people to swear an oath to the Constitution and protect and hold uphold and defend it from all enemies, foreign and domestic, and they probably don't have much of it memorized. I mean, I've got uh, Schoolhouse Rocks uh, preamble. Right, so if everybody remembers that, you know. Love and, it, and uh, what's his, what's his name? Uh, Mike Rivero plays that pretty regularly as a music bridge, a, a version of it.
1: Hey, hold on just but, a second. Uh, wait, 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 wait. This is one of my favorite things.
8: Like Thomas Paine once wrote, it's only I'm common sense, only
1: sense that if a government will give you your basic rights, you better get
11: another government.
9: government. <laughs> That's right.
11: There are There are a bunch of really good parodies of uh, Schoolhouse Rock, and I posted them on the Facebook page for Republic Broadcasting Network. Uh, There's a guy, and in reference to the last caller, there's a guy or two on uh, RBN that is advocating for that, for people who uh, send affidavits of fact to their secretary of state for the state in which they were born or where they live. I hesitate to use the word reside. But Thomas Jefferson helped to write the uh, and draft the, uh, the first two Kentucky constitutions for the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which, oh, well, here's a break.
1: Yep. I was just going <laughs> to say, we're going to a
11: point. Hey, you're teamwork. allowed you're welcome
1: to stick around. We'll get back to you on the other side. Dave, hey, <laughs> you. I know I only booked you for, for the half hour, but if you're bored and want to stick around, you can. Um, I was talking before you came on about the uh, the Nuremberg code. Yes. Very but, Im- uh, important. Very important. important. And fun stuff, but it is it is just about break time. Um so Mike in Kentucky, hold on. Dave, if you if you want to, you can. But uh, I didn't get my little sponsor break in here. So let's say uh, right to bear insurance. If you own a firearm, go to protectwithbear.com. Use the code Lighthouse to save yourself 10%, which is, eh, fat fingers. Hey, (laughs) the code Lighthouse will save you 10%, which is basically like get you a free month at protectwithbear.com
5: closure judgments the sale of property and evictions after the sale we are not attorneys and we don't give legal advice we are a professional team of legal researchers providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses we have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues we've been in business for 12 years without a complaint consultations are free and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects please call 855-253-3748 855 the number two keep it today
0: Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10.
10: Standing 6'4, weighing in 245 pounds of crime fighting
0: political science analyzing broad. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Patrick Slattery. So, Mike, get off this anti-cicada agenda. I'm a born again traditional Christian
10: and my favorite possessions are right here on my nightstand. That would be the King James Bible and my
0: 357 revolver.
10: I'd rather be ruled by Chinaman than dudes. Call it with the anti-Semitic remarks, right?
0: Just because you steal an
2: election and terminate the Republic doesn't mean you terminate the people in the Republic because
0: we're still here. I'm not taking the
1: vaccine, Do you Bill Gates?
0: There was a way forward still on January 6th. What needed to be done is to object to every single state. The COVID-19
10: virus was the setup. The vaccine could very well be a bioweapon.
0: weapon. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 central and Wednesday at 1 central.
1: into the national intel report the real talk radio show only on the republic broadcasting network that's right this is the national intel report i am peter seraphine your thirsty host i got david summerall with us longer than expected thank you for sticking around david we got mike from kentucky on the phone mike feel free to continue
11: well, before I get to that, are you related to Pat Summerall at all or any of the other famous Summeralls?
1: Well,
3: yeah, I think a little more on the Lester side. Lester Summerall, we spell it the same. Pat is supposedly some kind of distant relative. You know how families change okay. the spelling through the years. It's crazy.
11: Well, and a lot of people change the spelling as they came through, you know, immigrated from other countries. But That's right. um, what I was getting at is Thomas Jefferson wrote uh, big portions or heavily influenced the Kentucky Constitution And it also works back to the Virginia uh, Constitution for the Commonwealth of Virginia. But, you know, they changed it without authorization or authority to do so in 1850. And there's a curious section X, you know, for the letter 10 or chi, whatever in in, uh, Greek. And it has a nice paragraph in there. It says that the uh, powers that we have delegated, we declare that this is not to be, you know, it's outside the scope and power of the government. And you get the impression the way it's worded that even the duped masses in a mobocracy can't change it. Well, in that section is a provision that says there can be no law forbidding the immigration to and from the state. So, what I think they've done with reference to the last caller is they've tricked us into not being a party to our state constitutions across this country because of that very clause and get you to immigrate out of your state to become a U.S. citizen and on to the 14th Amendment. It's, uh, it's, it was called before FDR, The New Deal. It was actually called A New Deal. And I still have a firm offer of a silver dollar plus maybe a Franklin half dollar. If somebody can get me my 7th and 8th grade American government book, it was beige colored with a fake cloth. And I was nerdy enough to read the Constitution and stuff in the back in the late 70s, early 80s, whenever that was, when I was in the 7th and 8th had the same book, it did not have the fourth paragraph to the 14th Amendment, which says the national debt should not be in, uh, questioned, in, especially in the cases of uh, insurrection. So what an economic incentive to foment insurrection, you know, because you can borrow as much as you want to supplant that. And they've infiltrated just about every political group that I've ever heard of or been a part of. Uh, you know, for decades, uh, I've heard there's something close to 800,000 people in the 48 states and Alaska and Hawaii that are uh, have classified status. So, how many of those people on January 6th were actually operatives or agents, uh, provocateurs that were infiltrating those groups? And you know, we know there's a famous video of one that says. You know, for two days, he's going, we've got to go into the Capitol, you know, mm-hmm. provoking the crowd to go in. Right? Now, that guy's never been indicted. There's all these unindicted co-conspirators, too, right?
1: Was it was uh, Ray Epps that was given uh, immunity to go to testify in front of the J6 committee? <laughs> Come
11: right, on. And, but, yeah, but the thing is, these guys could have been operatives in other undercover operations, and they went there on their own, because they're arch Democrats or status quo, you know, uh, never Trumpers. And so they go there, even though their handler says, Oh, well, I'm not telling you, you can't go, you know, and they go there on their own accord, but they can't be touched because they know something about a pending investigation somewhere else. So they're off the hook. I mean how many of those do do we do we wonder about and they they if they don't have a security clearance their handler does right so right. they can't talk about why they can't even talk about why they're not being indicted but yet they were there as a provocateur like those two sons of the air force guy from Utah who lost his career over the um high speed circuits that were sent to Japan over jeep parts or some crap one of them was a conservative the other boy was a uh, was a uh, arrested in Utah for unrelated incidents to do with Antifa. And his brother was, like, calling the FBI saying, my brother's part of this, you know, he's planning something. And he tried to warn because uh, They were meeting, I think, around the statue or the uh, Washington Monument on the other end of the mall. And then he's got a camera woman filming him going in there with a knife saying, let's cut this bleep up, you know. And, and he, has he ever been uh, charged or she's still in state, uh, of Utah prison, right? Cause he, he was in some anti-fa agitation over there. So it's a, it's a convoluted mess. And my personal efforts with proof of some of the electronic harassment and dirty tricks on social media and goes back to the phones. Uh, I've not been able to find a lawyer going from Larry claiming to, Clayman, both of William Benny's lawyers, including Larry Clayman, and the, like the guy that the, law, the Legacy Law Firm for Randy Weaver, I've tried to contact all kinds of activists. The Electronic Frontier Foundation has turned me down three times, even though their case was thrown out three times. And the last time, Joel versus NSA was thrown out in Upstate New York. They said the judge says you've got to prove damage from the government's Section Seven O Two activity. Well, I've got several victims that can prove damage. ACLU, or I mean, the uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation, they don't want nothing They don't want nothing to do with me. We don't have the bandwidth to handle your case. William Benny said, uh, his lawyer from Knox, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, said, uh, I can't practice law in Kentucky. And I said, well, don't you need any affidavits or uh, a friend of the court brief or something that supports your Pennsylvania case? Because I got evidence. I can't practice law in Kentucky. <laughs> how lame of an excuse how lame of an excuse does that sound like how many of these whistleblowers are just steam valves or they've been compromised to be essentially steam valves to make it look like something's being done and it ain't send us your donation well
1: one you of know? the things one, one of the things that I, i'm i guess i, I guess hopeful oh. is a good word one of the things i've noticed recently is some some recent poll shows that a a, a Majority of Americans don't trust the FBI anymore. It was like sixty five percent. Which is funny. Okay, so that's hopeful that it's finally reached a majority. But anybody who who has ever looked into the history of the FBI realizes that the FBI was they were created for the purpose of spying on American citizens. So why would anybody
11: the trust? It also includes intelligence. They're both intelligence and uh, criminal investigation. Right. That's what people don't realize. They're domestic intelligence, like a police state, like East Germany. Mm-hmm. But um, like the so, uh, I'm hopeful. I've had people actually accuse me of being an optimist because they say, Mike, you're not going to make any difference. And I keep I'm not giving up. I, you know, I'm going to be a thorn in their side to my last breath because I'm tired of the hypocrisy. They stand there in front of the cameras and they swear they're out to the Constitution. They don't do a damn thing about it. It's the most arrogant thing I've ever seen. Well, you know? The and my Lord fight. said, swear not at all. My Lord says, swear not at all. It's pretty damn arrogant. All right, I'll let you go.
1: Keep up the good fight. I got to say, about once a year, I, I get hit with this, am I making a difference? I, I've been doing this show now for I don't know four years five years i don't know if you look at my my you know, like social media followings or anything like that i I'm, I'm a nobody and i have to wonder like am i making a difference i certainly i'm not making enough money to make a difference. <laughs> am i am i reaching enough people to make a difference and uh, that actually hit me about a you know earlier this week i thought man is it really worth it for me to do this every stinking week? But hey, I'm still here. Uh, you know, send me a message. Go go to my website and just say hi. Yeah, I like you know whatever. Just you know, give me a little encouragement, will you, people? Anyway, before Dave came on and before Brent came on, before we had our guests joining us, I was talking about uh, the Nuremberg Code, and I I only got to number one out of 10 of the rules of the nuremberg code we've only got like 20 minutes left in the show i'm not probably not going to get through all 10 but i'm going to keep trying so number two from the nuremberg code of the you know nazi war crime trials number two regarding experimentations on human subjects number one was informed consent without coercion and all that kind of stuff very long worded very well encompassing you can't have experiments if you tricked or coerced people into doing them. Number two is the experiment should be such as to yield fruitful results for the good of society, unapproachable by other means of study and not random and unnecessary in nature. You brought up Dr. Zeb Zelenko and his no, that wasn't you, that was Brent. Yeah. That was the previous was guest. Brent. Brought up Dr. Dr. Zeb Zelenko and, and his the Zelenko protocols and how he had amazing results treating COVID-19 patients. Oh, he
3: absolutely did. Tam really is a good friend of mine. Brent's a good friend of mine. And and listen, I've been watching the Dr. Z thing. Uh it, it's an amazing uh story to know that there are other ways to treat these things, that the government doesn't own every single idea. Right.
1: It's amazing. Uh, but go back to the wording of number two here Uh uh-huh yield fruitful results for the good of society unapproachable by other means or methods so we yeah there's a treatment we don't need this
3: experiment now do we depends on what they're trying to find out what's the gain i mean if they're trying to find out how to take the opponent out and how to torture them in the most horrific ways, then maybe the J6 thing, they wouldn't get in trouble for. It depends on what
1: their goal is. I agree. Good point. But step one said they had to spell out their goal. Mm. They didn't do that. No. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> and here, I'll look up a comment on the Facebook page. Peter, you aren't a nobody. You're worth a lot, damn it. I'm not trying to get, oh, that was nice. That's Sarah. Sarah's got to be my my uh my b- biggest friend but she likes you too i like Aiden. sarah David's <laughs> a great test he's a he's brilliant as hell thank you very much Sarah. that's so sweet thank you sarah that's very nice yeah wait till you hear us talk more about this nuremberg code thing <laughs> 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 moving on number three so item number three of 10 of the nuremberg code says that the experiment should be so designed and based on the results of animal experimentation and the knowledge of the nature and history of the disease or other problem of study that that the anticipated results will justify the performance of the experiment that's scary hold on a second you have to have animal trials first were there animal trials of the mrna vaccines because last i heard every time um what was the, the 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 mRNA company that, that had never not fu- Moderna? Oh, Moderna, yeah, yeah, never had vaccine. Had never produced a vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anytime that they ever took one of their mRNA products to to animal trials, it killed the animals.
3: Yeah, all the ferrets died. I put yep. a meme out. I put a meme out that had a ferret and it said, "I survived the COVID trials," and they never tagged it for fake news.
1: <laughs> So human experiments are supposed to be based on animal experiments. Yeah. But in the animal experiments of the of the COVID jab, all the animals died. Mm-hmm. So why did we do human experiments? And by human experiments, I mean emergency use authorization. Mm-hmm. So bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number four. The experiment should be so conducted as, sorry. I read ahead and laughed a little bit. Um, (laughs) Number four, the experiment should be so conducted as to avoid all unnecessary physical and mental suffering and injury. Take this, or you lose your job. Take this, or you can't ever go to a concert again. Take this. And we'll give you, you know, free French fries. Wow! Can't travel. Yeah, can't anything. travel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you that passport? Yeah, that's useless now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This. So this is we're we're on you know number four, and as far as common sense tells me, our federal government violated items one through four of the Nuremberg Code. Hundred percent so far. <laughs> That's not something that you want to be 100% on. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not perfect score. What do you know? Look, like a bat in a thousand. Yeah. <sighs> number five. Rule number five of the Nuremberg Code on human medical trials. No experiment should be conducted where there is an appropriate reason to believe that death or disabling injury will occur except perhaps in those experiments where the experimental physicians also serve as subjects so this is saying oh wow that if death or disabling injury is a reasonably predictable outcome of your experiment Mm -hmm. you should probably do the experiment on yourself
3: in addition in addition <laughs> to everyone else
1: you gotta go ahead and do yourself if you're going to do it right yeah it's bad that's bad that's real bad all right so no experiment should be conducted where there there is a priority i can't it's i don't know it's a weird word r- reason to believe that the the death or disabling injury will occur um what was the what was the vaccine a couple of years ago like six people died in the vares database and they yanked the vaccine off the
3: market i remember well look at j and j you know they had a couple of things in the COVID deal in the very beginning they pulled it now they didn't change anything they just <laughs> waited a couple of days and started it back up again they didn't change anything they just put it on the shelf and said no wait, wait some people died. give it a break
1: and a little food coloring to it no no it's new <laughs> it's all new stuff it's blue now that's great that's it oh
3: wow i can see the little the little drawings the little art of the fake cells changing from green to blue to red
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if all of your animals died in the couple of animal experiments that you had i would think that there would be reason to believe that death or disabling injury would occur. Yeah. Again, rule number five was broken pretty openly and clearly by basic common sense. You don't need to be a doctor to read these rules. It's pretty simple. It's pretty self-explanatory. How many rules are there? 10.
3: Oh, and we're We're halfway halfway
1: through and we've failed the first five. They could get the rest of them right and still be a miserable failure. I would agree. Let's see what Fred in Michigan has to say about it. Line one, welcome to the show, Fred. Hey there. Uh,
10: Relative to 6th January and uh, the incarcerated uh, uh, innocence, uh, uh, they're they're wasting away there because they were lured uh, and beguiled and, and then um, uh, treasonously abandoned by none other than the Donald Trump. <laughs> the Donald Trump is ultimately culpable. Uh, he, he it easily could have taken executive action uh, on the last day.' Uh, I, I'm, I'm positive he knew the the imminent outcome okay so uh that was all a cleverly crafted uh political subterfuge psyop okay and relative to the the, uh, federated bolshevik international fbi (laughs) i like that federated bolshevik international there is a, a big time professor at UCL Berkeley, Trevor Aronson, author of *The Terror Factory*, inside the FBI's manufactured war on terror, *The Terror Factory*, and he put up like like a hundred thousand or more uh, in a in a reward for any FBI agent in any venue to take him to court uh, relative to that book and all of the data. That that incriminates the Fe, the Federated Bolshevik International, and that was like six years ago. And, not, and no, there have been no takers. The reason that entity agency uh, has legal authority to go into the states is because number one, all the states of are corporate political subsidiaries of the United States Federal Corporation. The federal charter, U.S. Constitution, is in fact the bylaws of a corporate entity called United States. And that's why we the people capitalize, that's why United States is capitalized, that's why Article 1, Section 8, Clause 2, the the infamous one-liner, I describe it, borrow money on the credit of the United Mm. States now let's see. That's what, uh, seventeen eighty-seven, right? So credit existed. United States had a credit rating in seventeen
1: eighty-seven, eh? Well, yeah. I mean, they didn't exactly have the but rating. Who are going to borrow?
10: Now. Who are they going to borrow the? Are they going to borrow the money from? Well, Alexander from Levine problems. Hamilton w- would tell you. Well, my my buddy, uh, you know at the Bank of England, the Patterson family, the Rothschild family. It, it's been that way ever since. Everything's a, a, a totally perverse, gadam kosher certified, Talmudic Kabbalah, Franken swine slime, soap opera, psyop. Okay, the best thing anybody can do, en masse, is to abandon all political parties, do not vote, do not, why do you think they have this big time, get out the vote, be sure to be registered every cycle, because if they don't get a certain quota, I think it's 20% of, of the populace to be registered, they, they have to shut down. But more importantly, the Federal Reserve Act, was not validly enacted. The legal quorum that is absolutely necessary, etched in stone, 12 U.S. senators voting unanimously is not a valid legal quorum. The Federal Reserve Act is null and void on that basis. And also, according to their own damn charter, they have violated every mandated uh, uh, duty. Fiduciary obligation and duty. They violated every one of them. Okay. So if those people that are being incarcerated and brutally treated, if somebody could get to them and and get a recording or get them to sign an affidavit, I am not a United States citizen resident. I've never been a United States citizen resident. I am a US national. The people to go to regarding all this is mike gaddy he's on saturday afternoons only for an hour he ought to be on every night uh, in the eight o'clock central time slot monday through friday okay uh, forget about that that joke that's on right, there right. don't don't uh, bad mouth other shows <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to do it. Okay, uh, okay. All right. So you get uh, in touch with uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Roger Sales. Uh, he's he's totally intimately uh, competent in the U.S. national affidavit process. And there's a woman, Lauren, in Ohio, who used to be on RBN. She has a uh, direct connection to a guy, Kelby Smith. Who's an absolute ace, an absolute ace scholar on the subject of the U.S. national process. By virtue of that, they can get them all out of there. It's absolute certainty. They cannot ignore their their affidavit of a U.S. national status, even under those uh, conditions. Okay, that's what has to be focused on they're being held uh it's what do they call it? a, a misprison of felon i think is look schumer and all the rest this is criminal coercion it's domestic terrorism <clears throat> and the guy that's got that all nailed down is david martin phd university of virginia he you can find him on bit uh the first one was uh, uh uh let's see what was it uh uh COVID nineteen treasonous acts. He runs through the United States Code and the Patriot Act and cites everything regarding to regarding criminal coercion and domestic terrorism, which all the governors, the, the entire C D C NIH, et cetera. They're all guilty of that. They all deserve to be either beheaded or imprisoned the rest of their life and lose all their worldly assets. Okay. And then you right, gave right, one.
1: Right, 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 uh, wait, you've, you've covered, you've jumped topics. so many, I can't keep up with you. You talked about the Federal Reserve and and, and the U.S. Nationals and COVID. You're you're bouncing around way too much.
10: <laughs> yeah, well, it's all interconnected. the The uh, Fed Res, the Fed Res, uh, Talmudic Kabbalah, Frank and Swinefline Pirates. They're they're behind it all, just like. They're the ones that command the World Economic Forum, okay, and uh, uh, CFR Hillary Hillary Clintonista publicly stated that it's a CFR just down the street that commands everything they do, directs everything they do at the State Department. So, yeah, I'm all over the map because it's all interconnected, and the only people that have— but you're not taking
1: enough time to explain the interconnections and it doesn't make the greatest of radio. If you can't spell out every individual connection and we've got less than three minutes left, we don't have time for that tonight. Thanks for your call. And I will say that the one thing that I absolutely without reservation, without research, without anything agree with is the Federal Reserve Act passing Uh, You know, in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve with 12 senators. Um, Yeah, no. Even if they had a quorum that morning, (laughs) they didn't have it by the time it passed. Moving on back to the Nuremberg Code, less than two minutes now. Number six, the degree of risk to be taken should never exceed that determined by the humanitarian importance of the problem to be solved by the experiment. Hey, wait a minute. COVID-19 had a 98 point whatever percent survival rate. So the amount of risk involved in whatever experiment, i.e. emergency use drug, should be extremely small. Oh, listen, man, that 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 was really scary
3: to think that it was survivable, uh, survivable unless you go to the hospital. That's where they got their stats. If they hook right. you up, to the rim, remdesivir you're going down that's all there is to it and that's what happened sadly yeah
1: mm-hmm. proper preparation should be made and adequate facilities provided to protect these experimental subjects against even the remotest possibilities of injury disability or death <laughs> yeah how do you do that when you jabbed everybody <laughs> anyway it's, it's the end of the show we're out of time I got pages of notes I didn't get through Man, if you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, stay tuned for The Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thank you to our guests for joining us this evening. Thank you to Mike, the producer. Can't do the show without you. Thank you the listeners and callers. You're why we do this. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. We must take America.
9: Stay us